a hand. All right, children's church is dismissed. Glory is the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come before you, Lord. Just, we want to thank you. Lord, we lift you up and glorify you in all things, God. We know that you're the way, the truth, and the life, Lord. And all things is through you. He said it was to you, from you, and through you. Lord, we'd, uh, we ask your presence here today, Lord, to lead us and guide us. And, Lord, as we, uh, we invite your spirit, Lord, to, uh, to dwell with us here, Lord. As we get in your word, Lord, just give us true understanding, Lord. And uh, help Dwayne to get out of the way, Lord, and use this vessel according to your will. And to lead the sheep, Lord, and uh, to bring a word, Lord, to deposit in them, Lord, to further them on their walk. To, Lord, to, to grow their faith. He said faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. God, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Whenever I was in prayer this week and I was listening, trying to listen to the Lord on what he wanted me to, to preach today, and I got a really strong word. He told me, he said, to tell the people, Do not grow weary to stay the course and to finish the race. I believe the Lord's coming back soon. You know what? I mean, I really believe that He's coming back for His church, a church that has made themselves ready. I thank God I'm one of them people. What about you guys? So if He's coming back to, to get His people, He wants us to finish this race out strong. To not grow weary. To not look off the course, but stay on task what he has us to do. Because I believe the time is getting short. I believe he's coming back. This thing keeps us squealing. I, the, the speaker must be amen in us, right? Everybody turn to Exodus chapter 13. We're going to start there on... Uh, Exodus 13, verse 17. In verse 17 there, he says, He says, Then it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, Least perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. See, God didn't lead them on the smooth road. He didn't lead them on the road where McDonald's was. He didn't lead them on the road sometimes. But see, see how, do, how many know that sometimes the easy road isn't the easiest road? See, I've had trials in my life where I've had to work after things. And I've had to, to earn things. And sometimes they were tough. But because they were tough, I appreciated them. And because they were tough, I don't want to go back to that. Can everybody amen that? Because see, he didn't want them to go down this road because he knew that Pharaoh's army was down this road. And whenever they traveled down this road, they would run into them. And he knew that whenever, he come, whenever they come upon them, they would turn back. They didn't have a made-up mind yet. That they wouldn't stay the course. They would grow weary 
But he wanted them to finish out the race. And 18, he says, So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the road or of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had placed the children or the children of Israel under Solomon oath, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall and you shall carry up my bones from here with you. See, Joseph knew that that wasn't his resting place. So he wanted him to take them bones with him because he knew that Egypt wasn't his promise, wasn't his resting place. It wasn't his, it wasn't his uh, promised land. And see, that's a witness to ourselves. This isn't our resting place. We know that we're just passing through here and this, is, this ain't where we long to be. We long to be on the other side where Jesus is. is. This isn't our resting place. This is, this is just a passing through here. It's a picture. He said, take my bones with you because I ain't staying here. Amen. Praise mama. I praise the Lord. I ain't staying here. He said, I go away to prepare a place for you. He said, and where I am, you shall be also. Hallelujah. I long for that day whenever he comes back and gets his bride. And I believe it's one day soon. And we get to walk with him in his sight and hold hand in hand. So they took their journey from, uh, from Sukkoth and camped in Etham at the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of the cloud. And led the way by night in a pillar of fire. And give them light as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day. Or the pillar of fire by night before the people. So he's telling them that he, he went before them. He provided the way. He made the light. He says in that light. And he said that he is the light, right? So all we have to do is follow him. Amen. Uh, this this journey is easy. He said, you just follow me. He'll do everything else. But how many knows? So a lot of times we make this journey hard, don't we? Or I know I do. I ain't going to preach to y'all. I'm going to preach to myself. I know I do sometimes. I get in my own way a lot of times. And a lot of times I make the journey tough. I question my own self whenever Jesus is just saying, he said, hey, just follow me. Don't work for the Lord, but let the Lord work through you. Hallelujah. And then it goes so much easier. He goes on to say there in 14, he said, Speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp before, before Pihirath, between Migdal and, and the, sea, the sea, opposite Baal Zephon. You shall camp before it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say to the children of Israel, They are bewildered by the land. The wilderness has closed them in. That word bewildered, it's in the King James, it says entangled. But it's meaning, what it's the meaning, meaning here and here, he says they are confused. See, that's what God wanted Pharaoh to think. He wanted him to think that they were confused or they were very puzzled. But he had a reason for that. He had a reason for, for, for him to think that. And he goes on in four, he says, Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart. Who will, who will harden Pharaoh's heart? God did. Tell your neighbor God's in control. Amen. I believe that. You believe God's in control? Huh? Amen. Somebody give him praise. 
He said, I, then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that, uh, so that he will pursue them. And I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over his army that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. See, he had a reason why he done this. He said, so that, he, that they would know that he is God. See, I've been moments in my life where God has showed up in a mighty way. Even when I was a sinner, before I give my life to him, he showed up in mighty ways and manifested himself and showed me that he was God. You ever had that moment? We've all had that moment. He, he says he's not a respecter of person. He don't show favoritism to no man, right? He loves all of us. And he goes on to say there in 5, he says, Now it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this that we have let Israel go from serving us? They said, well, why have we let them go? Well, see, what had just happened in the chapters before, did they just forget about the plagues and the things that happened, about the water being turned into blood, about the frogs, about the lice, about the flies, about the livestock and the pestilence, and about the bulls, the hail, the locust, about the darkness, about the firstborn child? That was about the firstborn child. The killing of the firstborn child. Did they just forget all that? See, we can look at our own lives and say, Lord, I've seen where you've disciplined me and you've tried to show me time after time after time and we forget and we forget and we go through hard trials or we go through something. When God makes it easy for us, when it comes easy, what happens? We automatically sometimes forget those because it was easy. Sometimes we forget the pain. Sometimes we drop the ball and whenever he shows us and we realize those things, we can look and say, okay, God, I see what you're doing to me and we overcome. But whenever that moment, uh, that circumstance is gone, what happens? It's a repeated process, ain't it? It's something we can ask ourselves, Lord, I don't want to turn back. He said he wants us to stay the course, to not grow weary and finish our race. That, that word is really ministering to me. And I really believe that it's for us here today. That He wants us to finish the course. To finish our race. And to not grow weary. In 6, He says here, He says, So He made ready His chariot. And took his people with him. Also he took 600 choice, or choice chariots. And all the chariots of Egypt. With captains over every one of them. Come on guys. What did he say about these chariots? He said he had captains over every one of them. Listen. What's Matthew say? Come on. Some trust in chariots and horses. But we trust... In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. See, they were putting their trust in this army. They were putting their trust in these chariots. They were putting these trust in these captains that were driving them, right? But we trust in the name of the Lord. He says, And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he pursued the children of Israel. And, he, and, the, and the children of Israel went out with boldness. And this boldness is meaning, he just meaning they rebelled. 
sometimes rebelled, whenever you're rebelling against sin, or when you're rebelling against the devil, when you're rebelling against the things that God hates, that's a good thing, right? So he was, they were rebelling against Pharaoh, and they were turning to God. So he says there, so the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots, and Pharaoh, his horsemen, and his army, and overtook them, camping by the sea beside Pi-Ahirath, before Baal-Zephon. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Said they cried out to the Lord. See, we've had moments in our life where we've been afraid. But see, we trust in God. In Psalms 56, he said, but when I am afraid, he said, I will trust in you. Hallelujah. So he's saying that we're going to have times in our lives where we are afraid. We're going to go through battles. We're going to go through things. But Jesus said he wants us to trust in him. That he's the the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way maker. It's kind of like whenever Jesus fed the 5,000. You know, if you think about that, and you really really think about him feeding the 5,000, If they had a wife and a child with them, that could have been a multitude of 15,000 people. And he fed them with one Captain D's dinner over there. (laughs) Have you thought about that? But I know he just goes on to say there, he said that, he, he said that, or they, he fed the multitude of 5,000. And then what after, right after that, they go over there and they get into a boat. And when after they get into this boat, they go across the land or across the, the sea. And what happens? The first storm that comes by, they get scared, don't they? I've been that person before. I've got in that boat. And the first storm that comes by, I said, God, what am I going to do? You ever been that person? But here come Jesus walking on the water. Amen. See, that's what, there come Jesus walking on that water. He said, be of good cheer. He said, it is I, hallelujah. Be of good cheer. Don't be afraid, God. On into 11 there, he says, Then they said to Moses, Because there are no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so, so de- dealt with us to bring us out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we have told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians, Egyptians than to, we should die here in the wilderness. See, they were ready to turn back. They hadn't been gone no time. And they had done forgot about the past whenever they were enslaved to Egypt. They were ready to turn back. We can look at that in our own life and say, Well, well we were ready to turn back to a life of sin. But we ain't turning back. We're going to stay the course. Hallelujah. We ain't going to grow weary, hallelujah. We're going to finish the race. But see, they was ready to turn back. You ever been to that life whenever you started looking back and you said, man, things seemed easier whenever I was over here. But see, the Bible says the way of a transgressor is hard, hallelujah. I remember times in my life whenever things wasn't going well, but it was because I wasn't living for God. You ever had them moments? Or he lets you go. Or he lets you run to get your attention. <clears throat> and Moses in 13, and Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. He said, Stand still. Hallelujah. He said, don't be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish you today for the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see no or no more forever. 
And that salvation, he said, stand and see the salvation of the Lord. He's saying that God will save you. God saved me. Did he save you? Hallelujah. God saved me. He said, don't be afraid. Psalms 56, I think it is. He said, when I am afraid, it's then I will trust in you. Amen. I believe God's word. And I, whenever I read unto his word and I find, these, I find verses like that that minister to me, I hold on to them. Because we're going to have things in our life and we're going to have trials and we're going to go through things. But guess what? I'm going to hold on to God's word. He said heaven and earth will pass away. He said, but his word shall stand forever. Hallelujah. And 14, then the Lord, the Lord will fight for you. Hallelujah. The Lord will fight for you. And you shall hold your peace. He said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. I was preaching last Tuesday night and I was talking about putting on that full armor of God. And here we are and we put all this armor on. And what what do we do? He said to be strong in the power of His might. Because if I come in my own strength, I ain't going to make it. But see, I can't fight this battle in my own righteousness. That's why I got to put on that breastplate of righteousness. That's His righteousness. In Isaiah 59, He said salvation come by His right arm. And it was that same armor that He put on, that breastplate of righteousness, because it's that righteousness that's going to fight our battles. So whenever we put on that shoes of peace, on that firm foundation, we're on a foundation that won't crack, that won't fall. We put on that, that, that breastplate of righteousness. We put on that helmet. And we put on that sword. And we grab it to go to our battle. And whenever you've got all this battle on or this armor on, what's it time to do? See, in the flesh, we want to grab our sword and and go towards the battle, right? But listen, I ain't fighting for victory. I'm fighting from victory. It's then that I get on my knees. Because this is how I fight my battles. See, it's then that when I get on my knees, he said there that he would fight your battles, hallelujah, that we won't have to do nothing, that he'll come up with his throne, with his power, come right down into the middle of your problems and work them out. Hallelujah. He'll fight your battles, hallelujah. Man, you can hang on to that. That's enough confidence for me to hang on to that and say, I'm going to stay the course. I ain't going to grow weary. I'm going to finish the race. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And and 15, and the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? He said, tell the, the children of Israel to go forward. See, in the book of James, he said, their faith without works is dead. He wants you to go forward. Sometimes there's time for action. He wants us to go forward on our walk. He said, yes, there's a time for prayer, but there's also the time to go forward. He said, to go forward and watch that water split. Hallelujah. I don't know what your battle is, but he comes to divide the waters. He wants to enter right into your situation. Hallelujah. He said, I'm going to stay the course. I ain't going to grow weary. I'm going to finish the race. Hallelujah. And 16, he said, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry land or dry ground through the midst of the sea. I love this. I love this. He said he would split those waters and the children of Israel would go through on dry ground. 
on dry ground. He didn't have to dry the ground. He could have just split the waters and let them go through. But see, we just dry, we just uh, drained a pond there at the house, and little Rob knows this all too well. If you went out there in this pond, they was like three and a half foot of mud. Do you know how hard it would have been to go across that sea and three and a half foot of mud? See, little Rob was down in that mud and he couldn't even get out. We had to get a track hole and reach it down there and pull him out of it. I've got pictures of it, guys. Don't really. We had to get a track hole and pull him up out of that mud. But see, he's, he's went through. God said he dried the ground because he said he would make this walk easy. He just wants you to make it to the other side. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I know once I give my life to Christ, he paved the way. He said, you just follow me. Sometimes Dwayne gets in the way, and I say, God, I'll take it from here. And I mess it up, and he comes in and shows up again. Y'all witness to that? And in the 17, and he said, I indeed will harden the heart of, of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and all his army and his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall, uh, shall know that I am the Lord. When I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went before them. And the pillar of cloud went, went from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was the, a cloud and darkness to the one. And it gave light by night to the other. So that the one did not come near the other all that night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord caused the sea to go back. <coughs> Excuse me. And a strong east wind all, the, all that night. And made the sea into dry Land. Did I tell y'all he dried the ground? Huh? Did I tell you he dried the ground? He said he made it into dry land and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground. Did I tell you again he dried the ground? Hallelujah. He said he went on dry ground and the waters uh, were a wall to them on the, the right hand and on the left. See, sometimes on our journey, we get distracted sometimes when looking to the left and to the right. Although there was a wall here and the wall here, he wants us to stay single-eyed. He said, make straight the ways of the Lord. Make straight the path of the way of the Lord, right? He said he wants us to stay on the path to get to the other side. Just stay on the journey. Stay single-eyed on him. Don't look to the left or to the right and get distracted but just stay on the other side he said on the other side hallelujah on the other side he said well there are no more goodbyes on the other side that's where I'm headed to the other side I'm going to stay the course I'm going to finish the race hallelujah <clears throat> sorry guys I got a coughing <clears throat> Lord, I don't even know where I'm at now. <laughs> hey, 23, and the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea. All Pharaoh's horses and his chariots and his horsemen. Now it came to pass in the morning, watch, that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and the cloud, and he troubled the army of the Egyptians. 
And he took off the chariot wheels <clears throat> so that they drove them with difficulty. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel. For the Lord fights for them and against the Egyptians. Hey, can you look at your life and say, and say man, I, I, I bet someone else could look at you and say, I can see that God's fighting for you. See, I remember looking at my life before I gave myself to God and he was dealing with me and everything that I touched didn't work. Anybody have this? Anybody, anybody ever have this testimony besides me? Everything that I touched was, it just wouldn't work and I was miserable. Wouldn't nothing work out. But when I give my God life to God, things started turning around. See, I had somebody fighting my battles. I got somebody working on my behalf. See, they said there, whenever they went through that, they went through that on that dry ground. I told you the dry land was dry, right? When they went across that dry ground, he said their wheels wouldn't turn. Man, that's, that's powerful for me. It, wouldn't, it was because they wasn't serving. They wasn't serving God, hallelujah. Their wheels wouldn't turn. Wasn't nothing working out, and everything that they tried to do was falling to nothing. But see, I got some made fights for me. My wheels is going to turn. I'm headed towards the other side. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> then the Lord. Then the Lord said to Moses. Stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians and on their chariots and on their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth while Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh that, that came into the sea after them. Not so much as one of them remained. Man, that's powerful. God will destroy your enemies. He said to come and sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool right. He'll fight your battles. He said here, he said, not one of them remained. Man, that's ministering to me. He said, but the children of Israel had walked on. Y'all say this. Had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea and the waters were a wall to them and their right hand on their right hand and on their left so the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore thus Israel saw a great work which the Lord had done in Egypt so the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses what if what you're going through is not only just a minister to you, but it's for someone else to believe? What if it's to grow someone else's faith or to open somebody's blinded eyes because they, they although they have a physical eye, they don't have a spiritual eye, but, but they see how God is working in your life. It's like whenever I got saved, when I come and I said, I want some of what that man's got. I've seen something different. I want my wheels to turn. I want to get to the other side. What if it's the, your trial or something you're going through? God wants you to show your light and to let it minister to someone else. You see there in Acts chapter 5, I think it is. 
Uh, actually, it's Acts chapter 5, verse 41. It says, they rejoiced. They rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer for his name. Guys, we're going to stay the course. We got a made up mind. We ain't going to grow weary. We're going to finish the race, guys. I believe our time is short. I believe that he's coming back to get us soon. And I want to finish this race strong. And I want to let my light shine unto someone else. Because I want to help to take as many people to heaven. Only through the power of Jesus Christ whenever we leave here. Whenever he comes back, I want him to, I want him to, have, a, I want him to have a church that's made theirself without spot and without blemish, right? Okay, everybody turn over Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10, chapter 10. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 10, chapter, or chapter 10. We're going to start on verse 1. <coughs> Excuse me. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1. He says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be, all, or be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud. And he's just meaning there that all of us that went before, but went before us, is under God. That's he's what. That's kind of. I mean, that's what he's saying here. He says, "Well, all were under the cloud, and all passed through the sea." Hallelujah. All passed through the sea. We've all went from from death to life. We've all given our life to Jesus Christ. We've all had to turn from sin and become a new person. Right. All ate of that same spiritual food. And all drank of that same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. See, Jesus has always been. He's always been there. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, he says, Let us make man in our image. Meaning God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So see he's, he's always been. He said and they all they all drank of that spiritual rock and that rock was Jesus. Hallelujah. But, it, but with most of them God was not well pleased. For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things become our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and destroyed by the serpents. Nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. And he's not really just talking about saying, just really complaining. But he's standing there complaining to God, saying, I can do this better than you can. It's a slap in his face, ain't it? See, they were complaining and saying these things to God that they, they, were, they were fed up with the way God was doing things. He says, but they were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, all these things happen to them as examples. See, when we read these stories and we read what happened there, we read uh, what happened there and whenever he parted the Red Sea, and we see what all went on there, he said these things were written for examples. And he goes on to say there, he says, 
And they were written for our admonition. And he's meaning there that admonition, he's meaning as a warning. Warning's not a bad thing, right? He wants to warn us to not to go back to these things as they did. He said, don't go back. He's warning us there. He says that, that these, were, these were written for our learning, for they were a warning to us. See, if we're going down the road, if you leave here and you get to 150, and as you're going down 150 there, what is it? It's saying there, there's a line, or there's an arrow pointing to the right. It's saying this lane's closed, right? Well, it's just warning us to stay out of this left lane because if you don't, you're going to run into a hole, right? So he's just warning us. It's a good thing there. Upon whom the ends of the ages have come, therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You know, God won't let you go through anything that he hasn't already given you the strength to get through. But now you may stop and think now, well, what about, now I ain't talking about things that you enter into. Because, you know, I've got myself in some pretty bad pickles sometimes. You guys, you understand what that means? Some pretty bad been a pickle. He didn't put me in that. I put myself into it. But we'll get into that. I ain't talking about things that we enter into. But we'll get into that another day. I believe the Lord is coming soon, guys. And he wants us to finish that race. If you go over to Corinthians 9, verse 24. He says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but when one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. So when an athlete, he's just saying there, when an athlete trains day in and day out to win this perishable crown, that they're, whatever this trophy, whatever it is that they're going, going, for, going for. And here we are, we're striving for a crown that will not perish. How much more should we be consistent on our walk? How much more should we be consistent on getting to heaven and, and, and spending eternity with him? He says there in 26, he says, Therefore I run, thus not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. And he's talking about there, it's kind of like a boxer. You know, whenever you're a boxer, and he, y'all didn't know I still had it, did you? Whenever that boxer swings, he knows that, he knows that it takes twice as much energy to swing and miss than swing and hit. So he's saying there, be led by the Holy Spirit. Be led by the Holy Spirit on this journey. He said, don't be one that just beats the air. He said, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, least when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. In Hebrews 12, in Hebrews 12, he goes on to say there that, therefore we also, since we are surrounded 
by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and sin which easily ensnares us. To ensnare something, you catch something, or you gain control over it, you trap it, and you gain power of it. He said, to do away with things that's going to gain power over you. To do away with those things. He says, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. This word endurance, y'all know this word. Matthew preaches on this word. The Greek word is huponime. And it means to endure. It means to abide. It means patience. But the main meaning for endurance is consistency. He said, let us run this race with consistency. That race is set, that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Y'all can come on up. We could turn on over to... Uh, on to 2 Timothy chapter 4 here, and I'm going to close. 2 Timothy chapter 4, he says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also all who have loved his appearing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Guys, he's called us to finish the race. He wants to finish this race strong. He wants us to not grow weary on our walk. He wants us to stay the course. I feel that in my spirit. I felt it when God spoke to me. I felt it in me. I don't know what comes ahead. But I know he's coming back soon. If there's anyone here, guys, that's lost. And you want to come and give your heart to the Lord. Guys. It's the most important thing that you ever do in your life. Maybe you've strayed and you want to come home and you want to give your life back to Him because He's here with open arms saying, come home, child. And love you with loving arms. He's dried the ground, guys. He's made the way smooth. He just wants us to follow after Him. Maybe if you have something in your life here that you need prayer for, this altar is open. May you come.